how I used to be, amen, back in the day. It was like a Paul's conversion, amen, or, or like a road to Damascus. But mine wasn't hardy like Paul's. But nonetheless, I was militant when I came back from Vietnam. I was indoctrinated with uh, the Black Power Movement back in the 60s. I went into Vietnam in 71. I went into the military in 69. But while I was in the military, I was indoctrinated by people of that particular movement. And so I thought I was all that, you know. And I know nobody really hasn't done really anything, hadn't done anything to me in regards to my stance as a, a black advocate back then and, and or a militant person. And then I was, I, I had the, the, all the paraphernalia, I had my slave band, I had my neck and all that. I had my hat, I had my boots uh, 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 buffed and everything, shoes shine. And, and, uh, and I was hollering out, say it loud, you know, by what James Brown sung, amen, with Curtis Mason, this is my country. And, and you know, how I was voicing that. I said, right on, brother, right on. And I considered myself as a righteous brother. But nonetheless, it only lasted a short time, amen, maybe about a year or two, amen, when I got knocked upside the head. And, uh, and I didn't get any help from these brothers that I was trying to, uh, this little posse that I had, I so-called, nobody would help me. And so that left me in a, in a, in a situation that was somewhere like a Paul. But uh, that didn't convert me over to Christianity. Amen. That happened maybe about eight years later. But nonetheless, amen, it's been uh, more on the Lord's side with me. Amen. And to my righteous walk with the Lord, the life of, of Christ for 41 years this year. Amen. I've been serving God more so than I was out there in the world because I came to the Lord when I was 28. Amen. And uh, it was like uh, that was you can consider that as being short lived. But amen. Before that happened, I could have definitely went into eternity. Amen. But God, but God. Right. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. In these verses, I'm looking at the first 11 verses here in this particular passage of Romans 5. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, verse 2, also we have attained our instruction by faith into this grace, in this grace in which we stand. We exhort, exhort in hope, or rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult or rejoice in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. I mean, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For the one, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps a good man, someone might even dare die. And but God, but God demonstrates his love towards us, and why that while we were yet sinners, right? Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we are saved from wrath. Of God through him. But while we were enemies, right? We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. 
Much more, having been reconciled, we have been, and we shall be saved by his life. Let me read that verse again. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we have, we have and we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, we are also rejoicing or exhorting all, an exhortation, if you will, in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now, now received reconciliation. Amen. Amen. Don't hold, you see that, hold my mute. Ask the Lord to hold your mute because you're going to shout. Amen. You got to. Amen. So the first verse says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever, my brothers and sisters, we look at a, the word, therefore, amen, we have to go back in retrospect. That's a rule for the preachers and teachers of thumb. Amen. We got to go back to see what preceded it. Whenever we see a wherefore or therefore, right? Amen. So we find here, amen, in Romans 4, because we're just going to go back to Romans 4, but we know we can go all the way back to Romans 1. Because all these verses is saying something about justification. Amen. But here in Romans 1, we find Abraham, the father of our faith. Amen. Going through some changes here in regards to having the promised child. Amen. He was well up in age. He said, I'm going to be 100 years old, Lord. And I've been hanging. I did it my way a few years back with Hagar. That was not the promised son. But you have, and I'm, I'm hanging in there with you, Lord. Faithfully, God saw every last bit of it. He said, my wife has been barren up until this time. This time. Amen. It was almost seeming like it's not going to happen. But Father God, I'm trusting and I'm standing on your word, knowing that this is what you're going to do for me. Amen. And this is what God had done for Abraham. Abraham believed that God was going to do. Not the only time, that wasn't the only time that God, that Abraham believed God, when he did in the future have uh, uh, Isaac, amen, he took him to be sacrificed because God told him to do. And amen, and Abraham, amen, without any questions, took, took Isaac to the mount to slay him. He believed at that time, he trusted God in his way, even he believed God when he told him to get out of his own home country, the Ur of the Chaldees. He left, faithfully he left, amen, and went to the promised land. And nonetheless, amen, he was getting ready to slay Isaac, but we find in the Bible that it was a ram in the bush. Though he did go through the process, there was the ram. Amen. God wants you to go all the way. He doesn't want you to go halfway. And this is what Abraham did. And because of all that faith, all that faith, believing in God, God accredited to him as righteousness. It was an imputed righteousness that God gave him. Amen. Though Abraham didn't get rid of his sin, Noah didn't get rid of his sin, but God had to deal with Noah during that antediluvian period where all those folks, amen, millions of them, didn't believe for 120 years of preaching from Noah, amen, to turn their life over to the Lord. God had to destroy our whole world. Only eight souls came out of all of that. Noah, his wife, and his three sons and their, and their daughters and their wives, they all came out. Amen. But the nature of sin still existed because it procreated. He procreated the world, having babies all over again. Be fruitful and multiply. And this was happening. 
Amen. It had to come down to this. Amen. It had to come down to this. God looks at us. Amen. And he, he so loves us. Amen. That he gave Jesus Christ his darling son on our behalf. Amen. On our behalf. He did this. So whenever we look at the devil, we're going back to Abraham. Amen. So being justified views justification as a completed act. And that's how God viewed us. Amen. When you believe, the verse said, uh, therefore, you said, since we've, since we've been, past tense, been justified, we have peace with God. So we got we to gotta talk about that just for a second. Since we were justified by faith, faith in who to be justified? Every one of us, every born, blood-bought Christian, born again, has to go through the same process. You're going to have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior in, in order to establish a relationship. It's not all this other, which will come later of repentance and all of this. You just got to believe at that point. Amen. We're going to talk about that point later on. But the faith here is, is, is what gets you in the door of heaven. Justification made right in the sight of God. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit more as well. Amen. So we view justification here as a completed act. But the word justification is a legal term. And it was equivalent to uh, 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 a verdict of not guilty or acquittal, amen. We see in a lot of court cases on TV today, amen, a court of law. Who's guilty and who's not guilty? Who's going to be acquitted or who's not going to be acquitted, amen. But therefore, having been declared righteous or justified, amen, redeem us, individuals, possess peace with God instead of being, amen, instead of being the enemies of God. Why? Because our, because your relationship, my relationship of peace with God, which is also, which is also affords us of any other peace unknown. What are you trying to say, Elder Mac? Because I didn't get that what you said. And guess what? Elder Mac didn't get it either. I really did, though. Amen. The believer has been blessed with two forms of peace. We've been believed, we've been blessed with the peace of God. And we've been blessed with the peace with God. And there's a difference in that. One is inner and one is outer. But the believer has both of them. The peace with God is because we were enemies of God. Amen. We were fighting against God. We were enemies of God. But you know what? God looked at that and said, that's kind of weak. You being an enemy with me. The thing is, I'm your enemy. I'm your enemy. So let's get that. Don't get that twisted. I think that's what God's, though that's true, in a sense, we're enemy. We're hostile against God. But God is very, his wrath, amen, because you can't do nothing in your, in, your, in your being an enemy. But God can. Amen. He can send you to a devil's hell. Amen. He can deal with you down here. Amen. So we have a, the peace with God, amen, is uh, uh, making some type of form of treaty, amen, uh, ending a declaration of war that God has against us. That's peace with God. That's an outside thing. But the peace of God, 
It's an inward thing, meaning that, amen, we can, we have, uh, 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 what, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the right type of attitude on the inside when we come to Christ. Amen. You no longer have that rebellious type of feelings. You have a, 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 a love type of, uh, of understanding of what life is all about and how to serve God and others. Amen. This is, this is the type of peace that surpasses Philippians 4 and 7. That surpasses all understanding. But Philippians 4 7 doesn't apply to what we're talking about right here. Amen. In regards to the outside peace with God. Because if you don't uh, uh, get that corrected before it's all said and done down here, your destiny, amen, is the lake of fire. I'm telling you. Because that's the only time you can get it together is down here. Amen. But, but uh, this is a, that particular relationship that we had. So uh, we see in the secular world, peace is, amen, uh, passively defined by the absence of disorder and confusion. However, in the spiritual realm, right, peace is defined as an active state of being whole and complete. We got both of them. We're whole and complete. You know what? And that peace of God, Amen. It's what we're going to have when we get to glory. You can't get the glory without having peace of God. Amen. It's, it's something there that uh, uh, having the peace of God that's different than uh, somebody who not knowing the Lord, Lord, having tranquility in their mind and all of this other kind of stuff uh, uh, um, is different than what the believer has. They may be thinking about something else because they are dead in trespasses and sins, and they can't really understand spiritual things because of being spiritually discerned. Amen. But we as believers, we understand. We understand what's happening here. Amen. So where uh, Hebrews 13, it says, well, I'm, going, I'm getting ahead of myself. It says, uh, we have the peace with God, which also supports us of any other peace unknown. And we, I was just explaining that. But if uh, we see the secular world, I'm going to just explain that. But in the spiritual realm, I just explained that. So if I just scroll this up a little bit, I can go on. So a peace with God in this particular text is the outer peace like coming in terms of a peace treaty. Amen. Though a complete safe relationship with God, which comes through the death of his son, Amen. That's what that is a complete and safe relationship that we have in regards to this peace. So, so the peace we have with God is in contrast with God, according to Romans 18, 1 and 18, where, you know, we were at enemies. We were at where the wrath of God was uh, against us. We were at war with God. Amen. So being justified here by faith through Jesus, we have free access, amen, or introduction into the faith of God's grace uh, in which we now stand. Grace, which is the unmerited favor of God. So we have access to God. Now, we're going to go into some words of some of the fruits of, of the spirit here. When we already did uh, peace, now we're doing grace, which is an unmerited favor. Amen. We have this. We even have love. We know what the fruits of the spirit is, what they are in Galatians, the five, fifth chapter, 22 and 23. But the drawing near with confidence to the throne of grace, this is what we have. So that we may receive mercy, that's what Hebrews 14, 4 and 16 says, that we can draw, go to the throne of grace, free access, 
You couldn't come to the throne of grace before you got saved. Amen. Some people say, I pray to God. God is not obligated to hear the prayers of the, un of the wicked. He's not obligated. I'm not saying that he won't. But while you're wicked in your state, God is not necessarily obligated to hear you. But as you're coming to the Lord, now that's a different story. Because you're on, you have made a peace treaty, amen, in regards to your sin, uh, and that uh, you have accepted his darling son, Jesus Christ, as your propitiation for that. Amen. So Jesus has died for your sin, so now you have privilege with God now. Amen. So you can go uh, boldly before the throne of grace, right? And where you may find mercy. Worse, we says it like this. The Jew was kept from God's presence, right? Amen. By the veil in the temple. And the Gentiles was kept out by the wall. Right? But the Jews were so, so pious and all of this. They're going to put a sign up on the wall of the Gentiles and tell the Gentiles if you go any further than this wall right here, you will be killed. Now we did, I, I, we did see in the Bible where some Jews Said it wasn't all about that in the holies of holies. And I think it was about 70 of them that rushed in there one time. <laughs> Guess what? Though the sign wasn't up there, but it was already given that uh, if the priest could, could, could offer the sacrifice once a year and he wasn't right with God, died. What do you think happened to those 70 guys that rushed up in there? Every last one of them died. And so this is the thing. As a believer today, we have free access, amen, to the throne of grace, to, to, to the throne of mercy. Mercy means what? Withholding punishment. God couldn't do it to you and me because of who Jesus is. When he sees Jesus, see Jesus in us, he's really seeing, in a sense, Jesus Christ. Because he really, we became Christ-like, or we call that Christians. Amen? So, but when Jesus died, he tore the veil, though. When he died, he rented from top to bottom. And we looked at, we find that in Luke's the 20, Luke, the 23rd chapter, the 45th verse, we find where the wall was torn down in Ephesians for the Gentiles, Ephesians 2, 14 and 15. For he says, for he himself made both groups, this is Ephesians 2, 14 and 15, Jews and Gentiles into one and broken down the barrier of the dividing wall. Verse 15 says, by abolishing in his flesh, by abolishing the enmity that was in his flesh, because the Jews and the Gentiles weren't on the same page. No, they were God's chosen people, but they were still what? Just like the Gentiles, sinners. Amen. So, amen. So God said he wanted to make the two one, meaning one as Christians. Amen. And the of them now have access. All Jews, if they are saved, have access to God. Amen. There's no more curtain, no more holies of holies. They're, they're trying to build a temple now, and so they want to start all that back over. But nonetheless, amen, uh, it, the, uh, the, band, the, time, the time band is marching on. Amen. And if that does happen, we know it's going to be some kind of war over there. But nonetheless, the high priest couldn't go but once. So the, uh, though the Jews and Gentiles has, have access, like the Christians, because we, we can come to, to the Father and find this type of help that we need, amen, in time. So being justified by faith, we draw on, amen, the inexhaustible 
riches of the grace of God. Another writer said it like this. Grace is not unconditional. Amen. Because he said it's not unconditional for everyone. Everyone is not automatically, automatic, automatically saved, right? God will conditionally save anyone who has what? Faith in Christ by his grace. Some folks think that think that they could, that they they have it just like that. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Because all those that were uh, uh, writing, writing, making riling accusations, telling them to come down, he was all of this and that, the Jews and, and the Gentiles, meaning the soldiers, was reveling the two thieves at one time were doing it as well. Amen. To come down. But you know what? Jesus says, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. What was Jesus saying in that? Jesus was saying in that in regards to the day after Pentecost. I mean, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter boldly then stood up and preached. He preached that uh, uh, in regards to what he indicted them, in regards to what they did to Jesus. And after he got through preaching his indictment against them, 3,000 wanted to know what they must do to be saved. And he said, repent and receive the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you repent and be baptized with the Holy, Holy Spirit. The second sermon that Peter preached there in the third chapter, amen, he went again and indicted them uh, even more so. Out of that number, 5,000 got saved. So when Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, he said, give them another chance, Lord. Give them another chance. Amen. Amen. But now if they as a whole, as a, as a majority of the Jewish nation, because they were all in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost from all the known world, the Jews that were scattered out. They were there, not maybe all of them, but it was millions, I believe, that were there on the day of Pentecost. And as a result, if most, if the majority of the Jews at that particular time would have said that they believed that Jesus Christ was their, was their Messiah, guess what would have happened? Jesus would came back because he's already in glory like he is right now. He would have came back, amen, and set up his what? Millennial kingdom. Amen. We wouldn't have to wait for the millennial kingdom today. But because of what the Jews did in regards to that second chance, amen, God couldn't do it. God couldn't do it. He couldn't send his son back to set up his kingdom. That's going to come. That is going to happen. Amen. So like I said, it, uh, uh, he gave him another chance. So he's saying here, if it was by grace, it is no more works. Amen. Because Ephesians 2 and, and uh, 8 and 9 says, by grace, the believer has been saved through what? Faith, right? By grace through faith, right? Amen. Because they had faith, then grace here in our lesson. But it's, saying, it's still saying the same thing. Amen. By grace through faith. Amen. So uh, it's, a, it's a gift of God, right? Saved by grace through faith. That not in yourself. You ain't had nothing to do with it. It's a gift of God, not by what? Verse 9, works. least any man, what? Should boast. You can't boast about something that you didn't have anything to do with. Amen. In regards to salvation, you couldn't, they couldn't, nobody can boast about that then or even now. Amen. So justification comes by faith alone and it stands alone. Amen. Or uh, we can have confidence so we can be, amen, in this steadfast, unmovable, Rejoicing exceedingly in the hope of God. 
Now, our hope that's, that uh, was, was talked about before, uh, amen, uh, this hope right here that he's saying here is that uh, it's a living hope that we have as believers. It's a living hope, and our living hope, and we know who that is, is Jesus Christ. It's a hope on the prom based on the promises of Christ. Jesus Christ promised something for us. We find that in the 14th chapter of uh, John. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me, telling his disciples that in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it was not so, I would have told you. So I go prepare a place for you that where I am, right? There ye may be what? Also. Amen. Amen. So that's a promise that we today, amen, can stand on. Like I said, Jesus is going to come back. He could have came back when they, if all of them would have believed as a whole. But amen, our belief today, we, we can have rest. We can, we can be patient in this, amen, and wait for the Lord. Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So the, the criteria, amen, is belief, which is faith in other words, amen. Without faith, it's impossible to do what? Please God. First of all, you got to believe, he said that too, in that verse, that he is, and that he's what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You're going through some changes, and you, you're really trying to find out who this person is. Like who? Nicodemus. So as Nicodemus got in touch with Jesus by night, because he didn't want to do it because of the fear of his colleagues, amen, Jesus, all he had to do is look at him and say, man, I hear what you're saying. I know you think I'm God and all of this because of what I've done. But barely, barely, I say unto you, you must be born again, brother. You must be born because you ain't going to understand nothing spiritual that I'm getting ready to tell you. That goes for us, too. Amen. You got to be born again. And it comes through believing that Jesus Christ is who God, who he is. Amen. The savior of the world. Amen. He that he sacrificed the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection. Of, amen. In regards to uh, our you can say reconciliation or our justification. Amen. So he says here, uh, justification by faith can give a stand for us. Justification by faith can, can cause us to be steadfast, right? Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. In our faith. And so he, he said, now you can shout. Because we can rejoice, exhort, but we can go into some kind of great exhortation of God because just because of what he did right there. Amen. I don't want to hurry up through this sermon, but I don't want to take too long either. He said, wait a minute, Brother Mac, is, 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 you've been up there 45 minutes already. The glory of God could very well mean, amen, restoration. Amen. Of mankind's original glory lost at the fall. Amen. Cool, full consummation is going to happen one of these days. Amen. It's going to happen. Amen. And it will be realized at the coming of the new age. That, that is, in the millennial kingdom. You know, I found out that this same Jesus that died for my sins, amen, always existed. Always existed. He's the architect of this universe. He created it. Amen. And he's going to, you know, and when we get into eternity, Amen. We'll be able to see God recreate the whole 
universe because he said, I'm going to destroy heaven and earth because we look at the first, second, and third heaven. So he said, I'm going to destroy heaven and I'm going to destroy earth. Why? Because of sin. Because of sin. And this is what he's going to do. So this is our hope in knowing that we're going to go and be with God. My heart is not going to be troubled because he said, let it not be like that. I got a, a residence in glory, and I believe it's the new Jerusalem. Amen. That's where my residence is going to be when it's all said and done down here. Because all I am down here now, which I wasn't before, is a pilgrim, a sojourn. Amen. And it's going to come a time where I'm going to go home. But in the meantime, I got a sojourn around here until that day. And God knows when that is, when that day is going to happen. Now, I'm only on verse 3. Amen. And I know Elder Jew said, man, maybe I'm going to have to do a, a part two of this, of this sermon. Amen. Because you know what? After studying this, there's so much material that's involved in these, these just these two verses, let alone another. Amen. It's a serious amount. And I don't want to rip, I don't want to uh, disserve y'all, disserve, amen, in regards to giving you what thus said the Lord. But I don't waste your time and nothing like that. So when I get to a certain point and I feel that the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to shut it down. <laughs> Amen. Verse 3 says, not only this, but we're exhorting our tribulations. Knowing that, See, when you live a, a godly life, you're going to go through some changes. There's going to be some trials. There's going to be some tribulations. There's going to be some persecution. They're going to be within. They're going to be without. Amen. You're going to have the enemy, the enemies of the faith, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. We know who these particular enemies are. These enemies are the world, are unsaved people. It ain't the plants and the animals. The world are unsaved people that are in, in uh, uh, that's hostile against God. And we were like that at one time. Maybe didn't realize it, but we were. Because you didn't, you was spiritually discerned. You didn't know, understand nothing about spiritual things. Therefore, being walking down here on the face of this earth in a in an accountable and a responsible state, you were at an enemy of God because you did it your way while you were down here. Amen. So you're gonna, we're gonna suffer some tribulations in regards to the world. Now, all those indictments and in, in, here in Romans, in, in the first chapter, in Galatians, and other areas where it talks about. People that are of, of, of sin, amen, such was some, Paul says such was some of us, amen, but you got that persecution, you got that trip that's going to come from them. You try to witness to them, get out of my face, someone might slap you, oh, I heard that you could turn out the cheek, and stuff like that. They're going to test you, amen, they're going to test you. That's the world. And they're using God's name in vain in your ears, that's persecution. They don't care nothing. They know that you're already reading your Bible and everything on your job. But they're going to still be hurling uh, 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 blasphemy, blasphemies, <laughs> blaspheming against the Lord. Would you call the sister? <laughs> Thank you. But nonetheless, that's what people do. Now you got Satan that's instrumental. He's fanning the flames of all of that. Amen. But he can't do anything with us, though. Amen. We have the most, we have the worst enemy of the three. And that's the flesh. That's the flesh because the flesh, the devil don't know what's on your mind. The world doesn't know what's on your mind. But that dude on the inside of you, he does. Because he's on the inside. He knows your thought patterns and everything. 
Amen. And God's going to hold the believer responsible for letting him do that. Because why? He has given you power from on high to shut him down. But because you won't do that, he says, study to show yourself approved. More you study the word of God, you can crucify this dude every moment. Every time he rears his head up, you can lob it off. Boom. No, you ain't going to get me. Amen. You can serve the Lord. You can go on. Amen. But we sit there, and this is why weakness and sickness and death comes to the believer. God's chastisement. Weakness, sickness, and death comes to the believer when he yields to temptation. Amen. You don't do anything about it. Amen. You let that thing run rampant in your life sometimes. Amen. And the world's your stumbling block to the world. They see you. I know where I want to come to the Lord and you doing the same thing I'm doing. Amen. We party and we're doing tribulations that are going to come within and without. There's going to be some death in the family. There's going to be some loss of jobs. It's going to be some divorce. It's going to be some of these, all these things right there. Amen. It's going to come as persecution, tribulation, and trials and tests in your life. But he said, dance now, James said. Count it all joy when you go. Can you do it? Can you do it? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what is bad or sad or, or, or be glad about it. Can you do it? Can you do it? Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Soon as you do some things, amen, and yield it to the flesh, guess who's looking at that? Guess who doesn't rest? Guess who's roaming to in the, in the world seeking whom he may devour? Amen. He doesn't rest. He's a spiritual being. He's waiting for you and me. Amen. To fall out of the will of God. And when he sees that, right? When he sees you doing that, amen. Amen. He said, uh huh, that's what he likes. Hmm. That's what she likes. Hmm. Let me see if I can wrap that thing up. Amen. Let me see if I can get some more of that that they like like that. Before you know it, amen. You're so destitute. You don't, you might even, you don't even think that you're saved. Amen. But if it was a genuine thing, listen to me. If it was a genuine thing in the beginning, right? If it was real that you gave Jesus Christ your life, well, you know, you're not supposed to be like that if you did that. Amen. You still have that imperfection about you. And that goes for any one of us. I don't care who you are. It's for any one of us. I don't care who you are. Amen. You're susceptible to temptation and, and these types of trials that go on in your life. Something needs to be done about, done about that. Amen. You can. Amen. But guess what? Wow, I did do it. And I got things right. Amen. I did crucify Satan. I mean, the, the old man. Because I see he's the most formidable foe that you got. Amen. I did crucify him like the Lord said. As soon as you walk out that door right there from church. Tell me about it. He done resurrected himself all over again. All over again. He, but see, this is a fight. We got to fight the good fight of faith. All 
the way, this is a lifelong thing. We are, why are you saying, say, well, he said he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. Six, every last one of his demons. Yeah, I'm going to make him eat them words. That's what he's saying. I'm going to make you eat them words. You're not going to get away with saying that with your mouth. Oh, you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus. I'm going to get you for saying that. That's what he said. I'm going to get you. Amen. Amen. So we got to have some spiritual muscle, right? Amen. We got to be steadfast and unmovable. We got to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. These last said, Job said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly down nor standeth in the way of sinners, right? His delight is where? In the word of God, which he does meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree rooted by the rivers of water. And he shall not lose his, his leaf shall not wither. But he said, it's not you, you're not like the ungodly, like the trap that the wind driveth away. That's the ungodly. That's where I was before. Amen. But God, right? Amen. But God. Amen. So it's a lot of tribulations and trials that we're going to go through. Timothy, Timothy 3.12 said, count it all joy when you fall in these, these diverse temptations, right, or persecutions. Amen. God, and as a redeemed, uh, as a, I want to read this one verse. Amen. I mean, though James did say, consider it all joy too when you encounter various trials, right? But uh, uh, we persevere after these tribulations, amen, and trials that we're going to go through. Let me go back to my, because I, I, I can do this without some of this I had to write down. This, this in the other parts of this, I said, well, well I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got that. I can I can say something about that without reading it. Amen. So, so he said, but why we said uh verse five, and hope does not disappoint us because we have love of God which has been poured out in our hearts. Amen. Poured out. John MacArthur said, lavished on us. Amen. Just dumped on us. Amen. Amen. That uh, the love of God, amen, within our hearts. Amen. Amen. And through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Every born, blood bought, born again Christian has the Holy Spirit. How did you get it? Ephesians 1 13 and 14 says, at the point, as soon as my hands go down like this together, that's how uh, uh, regeneration happened. And you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That seal cannot be broken by man. Amen. Romans did say, what can separate you from the love of God? Somebody said well, after he said all of that in Romans the thirty, uh, the eighth chapter, right around the thirty third or something like that. All things he said, what can separate you from the love of God? But they, they failed to say one man. And I said, what, brother? He covered everything right there. He, he, he didn't say that you. He said you can do it. I said, man, you gonna run with that? I said that is not that is not what he's saying. He said, nothing created. Were you created? When we look at Ephesians, he said, the 10th chapter, 2 and 10, of 2 Corinthians 2 and 10, he said, you was recreated in Christ Jesus. So if you, as a Christian, was created, recreated in Christ Jesus, then right there, it says, nothing created. That goes to you, too. It's so much in the Bible, in the New Testament, that supports your eternal security. And you can fight with, these, with the scriptures against these folks that bring this up. Amen. And some of them preaching it from the pulpit. That's so sad. 
Amen. I ain't saying that they're not saved, but they should not be doing that. Amen. They should not. So he said, but for a while, we were still helpless. Out there just doing our thing, partying in the neighborhood. That's what we were doing. While we were still, verse 6, we, uh, we were still helpless, right? Amen. Christ died while you was partying for you. Amen. Christ died for the sins. All those vain imaginations that you had. All of that. He died while you were still like that. Amen. Amen. Because he knew uh, uh, predestination-wise, amen, that you would come to belief. And then from there, election into glory. Amen. He knew that this was going to happen. He foreknew you. For he said, harm thee when a man, verse 7, died for a righteous man, and perhaps for a good man, someone might even dare to die. Amen. But God, right, you got a folks, man, that might die for you if you're good. Amen. If you, uh, uh, somebody of a prestigious, uh, have a prestigious background or something like that, uh, you know, it's, it's, you all built up, you know, built up yourself in society. And, wow, you're a good person because they both want to go hand in hand. He said, uh, a righteous man and a good man. Amen. Those two go to hand in hand. Okay, this is what somebody down here might dare to do, right? But Jesus said here, for, uh, uh, but God demonstrated his love towards us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for, for us. He dem demonstrated his love. Christ went through the whole, all these changes. Amen. For you. I meant to bring out something back here. He said, when the fullness of time came, Galatians 4 and 4, God re uh, sent his darling son, this Jesus that we have, have accepted as our, our savior. Amen. Fullness of, to redeem those who are under the law. Amen. To redeem those, and that was all of us. Amen. So some of us in this world, amen, are still unredeemed, but did, everything that, that he has done for you as a Christian, amen, still applies for those who don't know who Jesus is in the pardon of their sins. Amen. So verse 8 says he, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, all that blood, uh, Isaiah 53rd, amen, he bruised for our iniquities, just having uh, peace was upon him. Pressed the, uh, the, the crown of thorns in his head and all the nails in his wrists and in his, in his feet and thrust into his side. All that blood down Thomas. All that blood he shed for you. Amen. He said, but if I don't see him, I won't believe. Blessed is he that has not seen and yet believed. That's us. Amen. So then nonetheless, so while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through his death. Much more. Amen. We were reconciled. We remained alive. We were strengthened. We were we receive, amen, salvation. Uh, that we have uh, the terms that we have with God uh, uh, in regards to who we were and who he, who he was were met. We had that same ministry of reconciliation trying to win others to Christ. Amen. So because we were reconciled by Christ, amen, having received how much more now that Jesus lived, he said grace, amen, was, was only time grace came into existence. Amen. When Adam and Eve were created, they were created in innocence. I'm getting ready to close. They were created in innocence, right? Amen. They didn't have a sin nature, but they ended up doing what? Sinning. So that attribute, of those two attributes of God were activated. Grace and mercy. Where there is no sin, 
there's no grace. Where there's no sin, there's no law. But where there is sin, you're going to find some grace every single time. So grace is just permeated all over this world because this world is full of sin. Amen. So how much more now that he lives? See, great, it, it took more for God to save a sinner by grace than it was to take a person to heaven by grace. Amen. You see that? More on God's part to save a sinner from uh, to save somebody by grace. Amen. A sinner by grace then to take that same sinner after he gets saved by grace to heaven. Amen. So God had to do the reconciliation. In verse 10, he said, in verse 11, not only this, we also exult or rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ whom we now receive the ministry of reconciliation. We got that now. He had reconciled our differences. So think about the same for those who don't know the Lord. First of all, you was just, you're justified by faith. Then he gave you his peace. Then he gave you some grace and hope. Amen. Then he said, he, he'll be right there during your tribulations. Amen. Then he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit so you can live a saved life. He knew you needed power. Amen. I'm going to give you, then I'm going to reconcile you back to me. Amen. I'm going to die for your sins. And all of this. Is there one on Zoom and even in this, this, this edifice? that don't know who Jesus is, and after hearing what has been said, say, I would like to accept Jesus Christ right now as my Lord, Lord and personal Savior. Is there one, amen, in our con congregation overall? And if there is, amen, you can come forth after it's all said and done in regards to our service today. Amen. Praise God.